1: Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.
0: Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer softer and softer for years to come try their sheets with a 30 night guarantee plus get 15% off your first order at bolandbranch.com code buttery exclusions apply see site for details cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue also you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states united healthcare short term insurance plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company offer flexible budget friendly coverage for you learn more at uh1.com Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
1: Hey guys, so I've been doing some more digging to whatever website those letters were mentioning and so far I've had little to no luck. I mean, I don't have much to go by other than Hey, I found your address online. I heard you could help me. So, I googled that exact phrase and I got plenty of results, but nothing helpful so far. Let's take a look. Uh, How to write support emails your customers will love. Cool. Uh, Heard about the waiting package phishing scam? No, can't say that I have. Um, Here's one. I want to go home. What to say to someone with dementia in care? That one's incredibly sad. Dementia and Alzheimer's have always scared me. Something about knowing that you have this problem and wanting so desperately to fix it, but knowing that there's nothing you can do about it is so tragic to me. I don't know what I would do if that happened to me. Or someone I love. Anyway, uh, oh this one's my favorite, can I get an order of protection? I think I want an order of protection, what do I do first? First off, I don't think an order of protection is really going to help all that much with any of these situations in these letters. Speaking of these letters, everything I've found so far sounds like R.L. Stein fanfic. So far we have creepy daughter that might not actually be the daughter, guy losing time that. Definitely sounds like he's in a cult or something. And someone that feels like they're disappearing. Which I'm pretty sure is an actual Goosebumps book. What was that one called? Give me a sec. Okay, I got a list right here. Um, Say cheese and die. No. Deep Trouble? Mask. Okay, so this is probably it. The Invisible Boy. Ooh. Very creative titles there, Mr. Stein. You know, some of these books were fucking terrifying when I was a kid. Question. Who thought it would be a good idea to write 235? 235? the fuck? How? How did someone write 235 books about children dying and then they thought, oh wow, you know, this is a great idea. Kids are gonna love this. Parents are gonna love this. Why? You know what, come to think of it, there are so many things designed for kids that are just not for kids. Like there was um, Courage the Cowardly Dog That made me cry when I was a kid. Um, Cow and Chicken, where uh, one of the main characters was, you know, actually Satan. Normal, perfectly normal. Kids love Satan, right? Um, Goosebumps, of course. Uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark? And probably the creepiest one that nobody knows about. So weird. Do you remember that? On Disney? Uh, The first episode was literally about a couple of dead kids. They were ghosts. That show actually traumatized me as a kid. It creeps me out just thinking about it. Okay, well that's enough about my traumatic childhood. Anyway, I'm probably not gonna record more today. I finally feel a little bit better after this cold, so I think Bella and I are gonna take a nice long walk. <sighs> of course. <laughs> Of course, why would we go for a walk? Why? Thanks, Cap. Here goes my plans for the day. Sorry, Delphine take it tomorrow. I guess I'll record a little more than I thought today. How about we read some more of uh, Mr. Stein's lost manuscripts? Uh, letters, I'm sorry. This one is from 291 Near Point Road. Please help me. I think I'm being followed. This is a long story, so please bear with me. Let me start at the beginning. I had what I considered an amazing childhood. You can very, believe it to beaver. It was me, my stay-at-home mother, hard-working father, and my older brother. We did everything that families are supposed to do together. Family dinners every night, board game nights, movie nights with candy, popcorn, the whole nine yards. My dad always knew how to make things special. Every Christmas, he would do the whole Santa thing. You know, red suit, snowy footprints by the fireplace, cookie crumbs all over the place, and every Easter he'd put on this truly horrifying bunny costume and take pictures with my brother and I and all of our cousins. And every Halloween season he would spend weeks setting up a little haunted house tent thing in the backyard for all the neighborhood kids. And every year on Halloween night, after trick-or-treating, we would sit around on the living room floor. Passing around a flashlight and telling our best scary stories. <laughs> My dad would always tell these long, elaborate ghost stories that always ended with a loud jump scare. God, I hate those. I remember every year since I was a little girl, I would always tell the same story. A faceless man. I don't know where the idea came from, or the story came from, but my mom and dad would always hate when I would talk about it. My dad was always an incredibly strong and stoic man, but he would always be visibly shaking when I would tell that story. It wasn't until he got sick that I found out why. I learned a lot about my dad when he got sick. He always told my mom, my brother, and I that he moved a lot when he was a kid because grandpa was in the military. I found out that wasn't quite true. They moved around so much because my grandparents believed they were being stalked. He told me about this time when he was about 8 or 9, he and my Uncle Paul would go to play in the woods near their elementary school. They found an old tree in the woods that they would tie a rope on and swing from. One day, while my dad was swinging, he must have yanked too hard because the branch, along with his body, came crashing down to the ground. The way he described it, it was like a murder scene or something, blood everywhere. He thinks the tree branch must have smacked him in the face after he hit the ground, but he doesn't quite remember. The medication makes things a little foggy for him. He just remembers his brother taking him home and his parents getting really mad at the both of them. and them getting grounded for a month. About three weeks after that, things began to happen. My dad said it all started when he and Uncle Paul were homesick with the pox. They were in the living room playing a board game or whatever, and they heard a loud bang at the door. So, they were scared, so they just waited for my grandparents to go home. When they got home, they said they found a letter on the door. All it said was, "I saw you." And they thought that was weird, but they didn't really think much of it. I mean, maybe they—maybe it was a teacher who said they saw something. My dad said it all started when he and Paul were homesick with the chickenpox. They were in the living room, drawing pictures, and they heard a loud bang at the door. It really scared them, so they just hid my grandparents for until they got home. When they got back, they found a letter on the doorstep. It had three words written on it. I saw you. This scared my grandparents, but they assumed it was just a prank. Maybe one of my dad's friends was just trying to scare them, because they knew they were home alone. And then two weeks later, it happened again. They came home from grocery shopping and found the note on the door. I saw you. After that, it seemed like every week there would be a new note with the same three-word message on the door. It finally became too much for my grandparents to handle, so they decided to move. It was only a few times over, but they felt it was far enough away to get a fresh start. Everything was fine after that. For a bit. But then my dad began to have really bad nightmares. Night terrors, to be more accurate. He would wake up the whole house at least once a week with his blood-curdling scream. Grandma and Grandpa thought it was just the stress of the move and all the sudden changes that were getting to him, but they made the decision to take him to a sleep therapist just to be safe. After a few more therapy sessions and a lot more sleepless nights, the therapist finally asked my dad why he thinks he's afraid to sleep. What my dad said was the man that comes into my room at night. Every time the therapist would ask my dad to describe this man, he would just go silent. Like he was afraid to talk about it. So then finally he asked my dad to draw a picture of him. What my dad described was a tall thin, thing, standing outside his window. He described its skin as birch-like and his face is... He didn't mention anything about its face. The therapist assured my grandparents that my dad most likely got scared by a tree branch rubbing against his window, and the stress of the move is making it manifest something else in his head. Being able to draw the thing must have really helped because my dad's night terrors stopped after that. A month or so goes by, and things are peaceful. After his last class one day, my dad went to his locker to grab some homework before walking home. He answered his combination and opened it up. Out poured hundreds of loose sheets of paper. All of them had three short words written on them. I saw you. That was enough to convince my grandparents to move again. My dad said the letters didn't stop until my parents had me and my brother. He also told me the faceless man that I described in my stories every Halloween night is the same thing that he drew in that therapist's office. I wish I could ask him more about it, but my dad passed away shortly after this conversation. Now, I've never told anyone the story that my dad told me, but I feel like someone has to know because when I got home from work yesterday and walked to my door, I saw a note. And it said, I see you. Jesus. Bella, not now. Did they help her? The guy or girl that collects these letters, did they help her? She's still out there somewhere. Just Hello. Who is this? Bella, stop. Who is this? Look, Bud, I'm sorry. I can't help you find your brother. I don't know who he is. Please stop calling. I wish you the best of luck, but I can't help you.
0: Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time.